Okay, what's good, everyone? We're back at it with the All Facts Podcast here. I'm your host, Horace McCarr, and we're back with another episode, and we have a special guest. Care to introduce yourself? Oh, special guest? No, no, I don't, I don't feel like any special person here. Um, this is my good friend, Horace. I got to know him a couple weeks ago when I got into the family. Uh, my name is Usher. I'm on the Pickering More side. More like a couple months ago, man. We've been... A couple months ago. Oh, yeah, true, true. It's yeah. been a while now. It feels like we've known each other a lot longer, but uh, yeah, maybe that's just a relationship. <laughs> just to, just to you, quote this way, guy, yeah, this guy's my dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if uh, your uh, viewers or listeners know, but uh, I have legally, uh, with the document <laughs> of Ontario, adopted uh, Harris as my own son. So the news has spread among his family. But anyways, no, yeah, so... Okay, well, let's not talk about that. Okay, okay. okay. It's recording now. So. Yeah, so Usher's been one of my great friends, even though I've known him for like probably two months. And I only I've only seen him in person like a couple of times, but it feels like I've known him for such a very long time. Yeah, one time was when we were at uh someone's uh Nika and you were supposed to be in charge of taking uh looking over all the food and raccoons and that was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was mine. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, all the food was gone. Luckily you saved us from the raccoons though. <laughs> <laughs> there were no raccoons anyway so like, i don't know yeah that. i don't know somebody who told us that it was weird. i think it was i think it was uh your your soon-to-be father-in-law <laughs> yeah 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 he's a fun guy and then the yeah second he's a time g my, man i've known uh, him my entire life he's a real g yeah he's a great guy i love him he he makes some he cracks some like funny jokes he even has me on facebook and we talk a lot about uh uh some random stuff and videos he shares uh you know some <laughs> I, once in a while man who uses facebook nowadays i don't use facebook anymore yeah, no, Facebook is pretty much outdated. Well, no, we can't call it Facebook anymore. It's called Meta. Metaverse. Yeah, meta. No, that's no. a whole new thing. No, it isn't the what do you call? It? Isn't the entire thing just called Meta? So like the thing that owns Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the entire thing is called Meta, but it's still Facebook. So the individual platforms, Facebook, but yeah, the entire organization yeah, has remained. So like similar to Google, uh, how they have Alphabet as their parent. Head, yeah. And then everything else is underneath the umbrella. Um, but anyway, the second time we met was yeah, the, we planned the like a haunted house. house. Yeah, that was a great experience. Where, yeah, where we'll talk that about that. We'll talk about that later. But right now, okay. Usher and I are huge basketball fans, so we're gonna start off okay. with some basketball talk over here. So, Usher, have you seen the have you seen a lot of games this season? Or if so, like, are you excited? Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, I have. So I'm in a fantasy league with a couple of my friends. Um, so uh, ten so of them. I'm in two. I'm two leagues. Two. Okay, well, I have 10 friends, not 10 separate leagues. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that uh, I do watch only my players. So, uh, currently, I don't have any Raptors uh, players on my team, which sucks because uh, I don't watch a Raptors game. Uh, I only watch my players. So, when I went to this season to, uh, to an actual Raptors uh, game in the uh, Air Canada Center, um, Scotiabank, I wasn't even watching Scotiabank, Scotiabank Arena. You know what? I can never I know. get rid of that. Same, same. <laughs> Air Canada Center sounds so much better. I know it just fits. It, they're changing so many different staple centers now. Crypto.com, like a lot of different, yeah, you know, yeah. games are being sponsored. But uh, yeah, anyway, so this game that I went to was uh, Raptors versus Cleveland, and I have two. Uh, I had two Cleveland players on my on my fantasy league. So I was cheering for them, and everybody else in the crowd was like, "What the hell's wrong with this guy? He's coming to Raptors game with the Tunnel Man. He's wearing the whole Raptors hoodie and everything. I had like the, the logo right here, all the sign that you should have said. You should have said it. It's for my fantasy. Then they would be like, "Oh yeah, it makes sense." No, they're still hating on me, man. They're still hating. Oh, they yeah. don't get it. You know, the fantasy points are important to me. I need to be first this year, even though we have no money in this. But 
That's always uh, bragging rights, you know, bragging rights. That's always yeah. good. Anyways, yeah, so I haven't watched that many games, but um, Philadelphia, I've been watching Joel Embiid play this, this season. He is currently it's, – it's crazy. The entire Philadelphia team, at least like a two weeks ago, they had the COVID vaccine or the COVID restriction. Um, mm. And that's been affecting a lot of the players this season, like uh, especially Kyrie Irving. A lot of them that haven't had their vaccine taken, like yeah. that's a huge, that's a huge thing. And Toronto, I think, just recently told them, uh, uh, told the NBA as well that they're not going to accept any of the players coming in, flying and playing into Toronto. I think there was this one. I think it vaccine. was Utah. I think Utah, or no, or it's, oh, it was Memphis. Memphis is a, is not. They don't care about the vaccines anymore. They don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just major, uh, major metropolitan areas. I don't know if Memphis counts as one of them, but uh, even I New York, think I think, is maybe. saying the same thing. Yeah, New York so is saying it's the same thing. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously Kyrie's there, so he's not allowed to play, right? Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. Usher's a huge Raptors fan, and you got every. If you've heard this podcast from a very long time, you know <laughs> that I am a Rockets fan. And Ooh, yeah, the Rocket. season's not that great. I do like the way all the youngsters are playing, but I don't like how the way the coach is doing with the team, and the team is like on on pace to to only win like five games this year. So. <laughs> Well, Christian Wood has been playing pretty decent, I think, this year. Yeah, I don't know. Has, I have, yeah, he has. I have uh, Tate on my team. Tate is pretty good. I don't know. He's uh, he's more of a streamer type of player, but uh, yeah, I don't f- follow that much of uh, of the Houston Rockets. Eric Gordon's pretty good though. He's, he's Eric Gordon it. is pretty good. Yeah, I want I want him gone just because I I don't think he should be spending his final years on this rebuilding team. Like he does bring that veteran veteran leadership. But I want him to actually contend. They go I, don't know the, I don't know if the Rockets are going to be contending this year if they're rebuilding. I know I said I want him on a team that can contend. Oh, so like I want him traded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah, I haven't been following Yeah, they're on pace to only win five games. That's actually insane. Like they're, that's What's their record right now? Record. It's like two and 13. Because they lost to the Knicks yesterday. They lost to the Knicks yesterday and they were winning like yeah. – they were winning by a lot, actually. Who's who's a coach for Rockets? Uh, Stephen Silas. He he was the guy. He was an assistant coach for the Mavericks. That's why Luka Doncic became so good because of him. He even became him yeah. praise. But then, like, he hasn't been good as a coach so far. Ah, oh, maybe it's just a different type of a uh, player mindset or something. He has to like kind of get a little bit used to. I know Luke Walton just got fired. Did you hear about yeah, that? Yeah, Luke Walton. I just got a notification on that, and I'm happy. That's crazy. I actually like. I actually like some Kings players. I love De'Aaron Fox. I like Tyrese Halliburton. I like. Yeah, Bob, he had I a lot like, of talent on the team. I like Rashawn Holmes, but Luke Walton is literally taking this team down. They they yeah. were they lost like seven out of their last eight games, and now they're six and eleven. That's actually insane. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're not last, but they're pretty much at the bottom of the NBA. That's crazy. Because they have a lot of talent in the team. Darren Fox, especially, like he's supposed to be in the like, kind of like he, an all-star. He had a, like a rocky team. start, but he's getting yeah. he's getting up there. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But it's speaking, crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's really all I was about to say. Something, but oh yeah, oh yeah. So, what do you think about the Utah Jazz? They're currently third in the East or third and oh, second in the West, I think. Second in the West. Wow. Uh, the Jazz are playing pretty well. Rudy Gobert is killing it. This guy's a fantasy beast. But yeah, just in general, he's uh, he's getting a lot of minutes out there. They also have uh, like good uh, bench players as well. D- Jordan Clarkson's on there as well, and he's he's been killing it. 
Did you forget about Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell, what can I say? That guy's always a beast. You know, he's killing it every single game that he plays on the court. This guy's a, this guy's a different uh, different type of player. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, the Jazz, the Jazz are a team, right? I know they can win a lot of games because last year when they were a number one seed in the West, I was one of the mm-hmm. few people that would say like, "Yeah, this Jazz team is legit. Like, they can actually have a shot at the championship." But then, yeah. like, when I saw them against the Clippers. I saw Rudy Gobert becoming a liability. Quinn Snyder was not coaching really great. Then it just show it just tells me this. Like I can't really believe in Utah Jazz yet until like I see more of them. Because if they still have this team, they still have the team D Mitch, Rudy Gobert. And they did add like a lot of death pieces like Rudy Gay and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just have to see more from the Jazz. Like if they Donovan Mitchell, I feel like can be that championship number one, but he, he's not, I don't know if he's there yet but we'll have to see later in the future. But I have to see more from the Jazz. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I think Rudy Gobert coming back into the into the lineup as well. I don't know. I think he's still a bench player at the moment, and he's probably no, going to be No, he is? I think so, right? Rudy but Gobert is getting game, paid. Rudy Gobert no, no, not Rudy Gobert, like, Rudy Gay. Oh, Rudy, Rudy Gay. Gay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He coming back, I think his last game was pretty good. I'm just going to check as well. His stats are pretty decent, I think. You got 20 points, a couple threes in there. But I think him coming back into the team makes it a little bit more solidified, right? Rudy Gay, yeah. He was a liability on the uh, on the Spurs. Yeah, he Yeah, he was. He was. He wasn't he wasn't uh one of he wasn't a good player on that. Uh shout out to this. I have like two players on the Spurs, DeJounte Murray and Keldon Johnson on my fantasy teams. And they've been Johnson, doing right. pretty good. They've been doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. DeJounte Murray is like one of the great defensive players in the year. Like Actually, speaking of defensive players of the year, Gary Trent Jr., your Raptors guy, he's been tearing Holy, it this up. Guy's a, this guy's been stealing every every pass. I don't know what he's on. He's somebody should do a drug test on this guy. Gary Trent Jr. is a beast on his own too. He's uh, he's he's probably one of the vital players on the Raptors, getting those uh, essential like you know uh, plays with the with the steals in the offense, running that court, especially with Scotty Barnes on the team as well. I think they're a great duo together. Yeah. Yeah. So you're excited for the future? Yes, like the three. I think I think the future of the Raptors are in good hands. Now Pascal Siakam, that's a conversation that we do need to have. I don't know if he's. Uh, I remember. I, think I remember when I first met you. Like the first word you said to me, "I want Siakam gone." <laughs> I know. I think we should have Siakam gone. He's not. Uh, last year in the playoffs, we kind of saw the true lights, and his colors came through. Um, he is. He's not trustworthy i guess you could say to make the final plays and he was paid crazy for for someone that's not able to actually uh hold the team together um but and as a star siakam, player on the but with siakam when Kawhi leonard was there he was able to play good wasn't he he was he was but i think he needs that uh caliber like star caliber player to assist yeah. him in making himself great otherwise on his own he's not uh he's not that type of player that is um, true Scotty Barnes, I could see developing him into a uh, into star caliber player. But right now, what we have as a team, uh, we have that cohesiveness when Siakam is not playing, I think. Uh, OG, Freddie, Gary Trent Jr., Achua should be gone as well. He's not worth it. Honestly, that trade was pretty bad. Um, well, yeah, you lost Kyle yeah. Lowry. <laughs> we lost Kyle Lowry for Achua. And uh, who's the other guy? Gordon I don't even Jr. like him. 
Drajic, yeah. I mean, he's he's good as a player, but he's not he's not. Uh, you don't see the passion that that he had when he was playing on the other teams before, on the Raptors. He doesn't have that. So you gotta have passion when you play with the Raptors. You know, every play, every uh, every possession is uh, you feel it in your heart as a Raptors fan. Um, that you get tense, but that tense that's uh, the culture. and uh, stress is part of the part of the game, especially the as culture. a Raptors fan. Yeah, it's part of the culture. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so you know, the NBA, they're in the NBA. There's a lot of surprise teams, right? There's always going to be something surprising. The mm-hmm. Wizards and Bulls are second. The Wizards are second in the East, and the Bulls are third in the East. Do you do you think these teams are legit? I don't know about the Wizards, but oh man, for sure the Bulls. They have the three. I think the three greatest players. I think front court uh, front end players like DeRozan. First of all, he is tearing it up. From what he was in uh, San Antonio to what he is now in Chicago, he's been making threes first of all, which is crazy. I've never seen this guy make threes on the Raptors. Last um, year, so the last year he had an underrated year. Like he was really good. Yeah, he, he was. He was. He was underrated, but this year you can kind of see like he's he's shining into a, a very very crazy top ten player. I would say, in my opinion, um, especially with the addition of his threes. Yeah, I think it's a pretty. Uh, I think it's a pretty comfortable ask of him to continue his trend like this um with zach levine in the in the mix as well and uh, and lonzo as one of the greatest uh, three-point shooters and and uh, defenders. assist defenders as well yeah he's he's uh he's that three duo is actually probably the top in, in the nba right now because i don't see i don't see Kyrie coming back oh yeah and dang i forgot about him he yeah that was a great addition from him to go from magic into here his uh, production's been pretty good as well, I think, in, in Chicago. But I haven't been following along with the stats recently. Um, but, yeah, I, I just know DeRozan has been killing it these days. With the Wizards. The Wizards have, like, one of the greatest depths in the NBA, right? Who do they have? They have D- Kuzma, Dinwiddie, Beal. They still have, they have a pretty good team, like, the all-around team. And I believe yeah. their coach is uh, – who was their coach? I think his name was uh, – Play Wizards. Video last year was amazing. I uh, let's see. What's Ansel Junior? Hmm. Well, he's been coaching pretty well, and I don't, I don't really know. Like, okay, you you said you don't know really know if the Wizards are because yesterday they did beat the Heat, and the Heat I can are definitely like contenders. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely. Oh yeah, are. they also have didn't. Wow, I forgot about Jimmy. Yeah. But with the Wizards, I have to see more. Just like the Jazz, I have to see more from because these teams that are the, the Jazz and Wizards are teams that have great depth. They're teams that have great yeah. depth, but then when it comes to the, like when the lights shine the most and it comes to one final play, you're wondering what can they do. And I feel like I have to see more mm-hmm. for the Bulls. I would say because oh, what before the season I was kind of shaking on the Bulls. I'm like, hmm, how are they going to fit with these? Not like with the DeRozan. Levine and I'm like I because for me I don't really think of fit as like an overstate it's an over um exaggerated statement because people will say like oh how do these players fit together there's only one ball but like at the same time I feel like the players know that there's one ball so they'll definitely figure something out yeah and it's not like these are selfish players I know comparing these three guys to let's say for example Russell Westbrook 
Right. Russell Westbrook is a high usage player. He needs to have the ball in his hands to be productive. Without the ball in his hands, he's not going to be able to produce. Mm-hmm. And he's a little bit of a I've been hating on him this year and a lot of my friends know it as well. But uh, I don't think the fit, like you mentioned, is great on the Lakers. But with these DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic especially, and uh, and uh, Lonzo, uh, these guys are all pretty unselfish players. It's just, they, I think it's just I think it's just a culture change of it because, and I think Billy Donovan mm-hmm. is their coach too. It's, it's, Billy Donovan is known as a great culture changing coach. So I think with the, that's how that's how the Bulls are be able to tear it up this year. Contenders. I'm normally a guy that likes to have to see large sample sizes of teams and like players, especially. So in order mm-hmm. for me for me to actually say like, okay, yeah, this team is really good. But with the Bulls, I feel like they could be, but I just have to see more. From I think it's pretty safe to say, and, yeah. I think it's safe to say that these guys are going to be contenders for a championship this year. Because I I don't think they're better than the Nets. I don't think they're better than the Heat. I. The Heat have they have a they have a weapon. They have uh, Kyle Lowry, and that's that's something that has completely changed their gameplay. I think, in my opinion, yeah. yeah I, I you well, Raptors I fans love seen, Kyle Lowry. Raptors fans love Kyle Lowry, and Heat Miami has been going crazy after them after Lowry. He makes yeah. the plays a lot more fast paced, especially from what I've seen this uh, this season as well. Um, his game, his attitude towards you know fast breaks has really, uh, you know, improved the gameplay for, for Miami. And I think it's a great addition with Jimmy as well because they're kind of like friends or buddies. There's a lot of controversy between that trade, saying that, you know, Lowry was kind of coerced into it or they had conversations before the trade deadline or whatever. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think it's a great addition. I think they're, they're pretty uh, elite championship contenders as well. Would you okay? The thing is, the Bucks. I feel like the Bucks are also better than the Bulls, but the Bucks are at the eighth seed. But at the same time, it is early on to the season, and I do. Yeah, the Bucks are the Bucks. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really gonna say anything. But let's move on to the West. And we, Mm -hmm. you, you said you, you said you hate you've been hating on Russell Westbrook this year, right? Yeah. So what do you think about the Lakers? (laughs) So what's my take (laughs) on it? I feel like I think. Well, LeBron. LeBron, I think LeBron was injured, so he wasn't playing like the fast couple. Yeah, some ab- but, abdominal issues. Yeah. Yeah, but I think what the main concern with this team is just number one, the spacing is kind of bad when you have Russell Westbrook on the team, and mm-hmm. two, Anthony Davis, you don't know what you're getting out of him. That's the one that also like a big problem I've seen with the Lakers. Like, although they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, that those are like mm-hmm. two top five players when healthy. Like, I don't, like, you don't know what you're getting out of them because LeBron, he's getting older, so he's going to be more injury-prone. Anthony Davis is kind of this walking stick. Every game he plays, he's going to get injured. So, well, and Russell season, Westbrook. Man. Russell Westbrook is a really good four-raiser, but then the Lakers haven't been a pretty good spa- uh, team of spacing, and their coaching is subpar. Yeah. But I think I think even they're still going to make the playoffs, and they're still going to be, like, a, a tough team to beat because you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this season has proved at least for Anthony that he's been able to, he's played every single game. So that's, that's pretty amazing from this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does get those uh, game time decision calls, but uh, overall, I think Anthony Davis has proven himself to be pretty, uh, pretty reliable player on the Lakers. He gets, a, you know, almost the same stats every single game, a couple of blocks here and there. 
Um, and his production has been pretty good um, while he's on the court. Yeah, his production has been pretty good, but yeah. we just don't know how this Carmelo Anthony has been has been a pretty huge surprise. Yeah, on he the has. Weekend. This guy has, yeah, been, he has. Uh, has been making those uh, critical shots and clutch clutch plays at the end of this at the end of the fourth quarter, even before that, to be honest. But um, in my opinion, at least with LeBron James, you you, you kind of know what to expect from him. Regular season, he's gonna be he's gonna be kind of normal. You know, he's gonna take it easy. When the playoff Passive. comes, he, he goes is into this aggressive, competitive mode. And that's a scary LeBron. You don't want to face that guy in the playoffs. So, yeah, they are a contender team. 100%. LeBron Toe is going to come back. <laughs> He's traumatized all Raptors fans across the across Canada. So, we can't really. Uh, and then once he left, he, he won the championship. He's he one of the top players. Yeah. And once he left, um, he won the championship. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's true. But. Uh, Russell Westbrook, ah oh, man, you can how, go on a rant. I, I'll, I'll allow you to go on a rant. I know, I know, you probably have a lot of things to say. I'll let you go on a rant. <laughs> I just want to let. I just want to rip this guy into pieces, man. He's he's made me so frustrated. The first game I watched him, uh, I was just curious because I'm like, okay, this is Russell Westbrook. He's explosive, you know. This guy's a crazy fast player. He can make. He he gets buckets. Um, but most of the time, if he's shooting, and uh, even if he's like not even guarded, he's just open. He he breaks it. Um, this guy is uh, he's unreliable. He's he's not as uh, um, well. He's still explosive, but he's not. I think as uh, uh, he doesn't have that court vision that he used to have. I think when he was with OKC and he and the star players around him, he needs to have the ball to be to be productive. Like I mentioned before. With LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you gotta you gotta you gotta pass the ball to those two guys, you know. Um, and the Lakers in general, they don't have depth in their team. Like, who do you have? Tht. He he's been played <laughs> one game or two games, and he's been good. Um, Caruso, they lost, and LeBron's been crying over him. <laughs> Kuzma, they lost, uh, and he's been playing well in Washington. Yeah, I mean, they they just ruined their team. I think if they kept some of the key players like Caruso and Kuzma. The thing um, is, I don't know. Uh, Caruso, I would understand why, but Kuzma it made sense for him to leave because uh, when you think about it, right? When when you're yeah. a third, when you're a guy, a young player, especially like how Kyle Kuzma was, Brandon Ingram, Julius, when those guys were there, actually on Julius Randle, not really. But when you think of those players, when LeBron was on their team, they had this huge burden because they're like, man, LeBron's on my team. So if LeBron's on my team, and if I play bad, I'm gonna be rumored to being traded a lot. I'm gonna be rumored. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. the scapegoat and everything so it deals with them mentally right and then once they're out of that especially kuzma he went to washington a team no one really expected to be great and then now he's, he's been doing really well yeah and same with ingram ingram did the same thing for new orleans and lonzo too lonzo too yeah, now lonzo he's well, up yeah. that's crazy i guess that lebron effect is the, it's the lebron the, i think the same thing yeah. will happen to russell westbrook but the thing is russell westbrook is a veteran but he should with, know. But with, but with, places. but with those, but with, um, well, you said he's very explosive and things. He, he yeah. should take like a sacrifice because what happened with Kevin Love and Chris Bosh when LeBron went to there, right? Those guys were able to take sacrifices and be like that mm. third star. So when Chris Bosh, when he went to with Miami, DUA Chris Bosh and him, right? Chris Bosh said, okay, I'll, I'll sacrifice not scoring 20 points a game. I'll only score like a bit. But, like, I'll be a good defensive anchor for the team. He went to Kevin Love. Okay, I'll just be a spot-up shooter because I know how to shoot threes. And and exactly, you're you're, you're LeBron James. You, you love yeah, the Yeah, he needs to realize his position in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the court. 
And you I think, think LeBron should take the sacrifice? No, no, definitely Russell Westbrook because LeBron is actually going to be able to make some of the plays, right? Westbrook is kind of selfish in that sense. I watched one of the games. They were down by three, um, fourth quarter. They had Carmelo Anthony, who was tearing up that game, got so many threes. Uh, Anthony Davis was open. Um, and this guy just comes and does a pull of three, and he completely bricks it. And just you could see the faces at the end of the game. All the Carmelo Anthony was just pissed off. He's like, Man, I was open. You could have passed it to me. I could just see that's probably what he was saying in the locker room. And then Anthony Davis, he's just like complaining to, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot his name. Um, I forgot one of the players. He was complaining to, I think maybe Dwight Howard. Um, but yeah, he's like, what the hell, man? You could see on the camera, like, he was just like, I was open. I was oh, underneath yeah. the net. I could have gotten a dunk with a foul. Easy play. And they had time. And he, Russell Westbrook just took a selfish shot when he had the opportunity to, to make a good play. So I think he still has that. Uh, he feels like he has a confidence to make, uh, to make uh, I guess, be the star player on the Lakers. But he needs to realize it's not his team anymore. Uh, he needs to take a backseat a little bit and uh, and let uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis run some of the run some of the uh, the key plays. It's funny because like I'm also in the same boat of you. I cannot forgive Russell Westbrook because back in his OKC days in the 2017, he robbed one of James Harden's MVPs, and then in 2018, <laughs> and uh, 2018, yeah, when it really did the Thunder lost against the Jazz, right? Then 2019, mm. that trade happened. Or, yeah, yeah, in 2019 offseason, yeah. The trade happened when they sent Chris Paul to the Thunder and then Russell Westbrook to the Rockets. Yeah. At that time, I don't I don't know why. I don't know why I thought it was a good trade, but now I'm like, what the heck was that, man? Because of Russell yeah, Westbrook, they had, to, a... they had to trade. They had to trade uh, Clint Capella, and then that kind of ruined the team. And that, that made James Harden and him want to leave. So, yeah. I think he but was low key. last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, but low key, man. Not a days goes by where I just think of that. And then it's not like I want to see Russell Westbrook succeed. I want to see him succeed. I hope the best for every player, right? But yeah. he's not really making me think that he can be that guy on a championship team. So not that guy, just be contribute to a championship team in general. Yeah, and I mean, I think in the beginning of the season, I was kind of giving – I wasn't giving him any slack, but a lot of my friends were like, yo, listen, it's just the first couple games. You just need to kind of find their groove. Lakers and – I still think it's like that because it's only been, like, what, like 20 games? I think – It is. As it's time still like that, especially with LeBron being out as well for that long of a period with his abdom- uh, abdominal issues or whatever. Uh, he needs to kind of settle in as well. And, and yeah, they'll find a groove. They'll definitely come back stronger. So that's why they're still considered a contending team. Otherwise, the way they're playing right now, I don't think they would be. Um, but I know so, for sure the fact that uh, Russell Westbrook, once they find their groove, they'll be great. Um, LeBron James is going to come back and he's going to tear it up. Well, he's already back, but he's definitely going to be tearing it up for the next couple of uh, – till playoffs for sure. So, so speaking, yeah, of, the, uh, speaking of uh, like the Lakers, right? What's another mm. powerhouse we all know? The Nets. The Nets mm. are first in the East, but do you think do you, I still them I still have them as my championship favorites, but what do you think? Uh yeah, yeah. I think I think they'll be I think they'll probably be champions this year. Uh Kevin Durant, I mean, what can you really say? He's about number one and he's number the one. Number MVP one. He's, there's no doubt about it. No, he's number uh, one the MVP gonna, ladder. Yeah, he's he's already gonna he's already gonna carry the team. James Harden, beginning of the season, fine. You know, he's kind of uh, just adjusting to 
his new team, but uh, he's he, he wasn't getting any calls before. Now he's getting those calls for the fouls that he should be. Um, they're a monster team. They're juggernauts. Yeah, of course. Like, when you and, have Kevin Durant and James Harden, I'm pretty sure you're definitely going to be something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with Kyrie Irving kind of out, I feel like it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise. Um, because those were three pretty, you know, uh, high usage players. They all need. I mean, Kevin Durant's still a great uh, passer and stuff like that as well. He, he has. They were they were good last year. Just health just got caught up to them. Yeah, the yeah. Was themselves. But I think with with Kyrie Irving out, it kind of gives opportunity for a lot of the other three, uh, you know, uh, starters as well to uh, mm-hmm. um, to kind of show themselves. Joe Harris, uh, he's he's vital. Patty Mills has been tearing. Oh, it up. Sure. I actually love Patty Mills. I had him for as a streaming option as well in my fantasy league, and kind of regret losing him now because he is he's been doing great too. Yeah, like he he knows he knows exactly what his role is on the team. Um, and I think that's what kind of Lakers need to figure out as well. But he he has that uh, yeah. he has that uh, teamwork or team player type of uh, attitude. But hey, uh, I made I made a uh, I made a I think I made an episode. I don't know if you heard it or not. I made an episode on who was the best player in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the conclusion I came was Steph Curry, and I, I feel Curry. pretty good oh, about yeah. that. I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> There's no Warriors are 14. Him. The Warriors are 14 and two. He's second on MVP ladder, but he should be number one, honestly. The Warriors have been pretty great. Jordan Poole has been playing well. Clay Thompson's not back, but I don't. I don't know if he can make a contribution. But uh, they, and they're oh, yeah, he'll definitely make contribution. Well, yeah, coming back from two years, I just have to see. Yeah, but I mean, he's Clay Thompson. His role is pretty solidified on the on the Golden State Warriors. All he has to do is take those threes. He doesn't dribble, you know. He, I'm pretty sure he had that one game where he didn't dribble at all, and he got like a couple threes. Um, he only dribbled like, eleven times and got like fifty points or something, right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but with with the current situation in uh, in, uh, in Golden State right now, the fact that uh, Curry has been able to carry the team. Uh, to the way that they've been playing right now is is pretty impressive and definitely MVP worthy. Yeah. Also, yeah. You, I also said Jordan Poole has been pre- playing pretty well, and their chemistry is just great. Yeah. Andre Iguodala's back. It's like I don't yeah, like the Iguodala Warriors has been my favorite as a Rockets fan. As a Rockets fan, I don't yeah. like the Warriors, but it's great to see the uh, players like the Warriors doing great. It feels it yeah. feels like the old days. <laughs> feels like yeah, the they're not they're not like the powerhouse they used to be, but they're still. I like Steph Curry as a player, so it's just pretty – it's great yeah. to see yeah, his team win. But, okay, we've been going off for basketball for a pretty long time. I don't know how long hey, it's a, it's a it fun topic. It's an interesting it is a topic. fun topic. But <laughs> well, another thing we both like is space. And Usher was actually uh, – he did, he did an Instagram live stream about an eclipse that was supposed to happen once in a lifetime, but he wasn't able to see it. So yeah, okay. So it was a pretty pretty crazy eclipse. Uh so basically, um, I'm a moon fanatic. I love anything related to the moon. So there was a lunar eclipse that happened just on the 19th on uh Friday night. Um, and man, I was just so excited. The articles that I read said, you know, it's gonna start at one o'clock, it's the longest lunar eclipse in history. I was like, okay, you know what? That's perfect. I'm gonna go out. So I took my car after my basketball game, took a quick shower. Went outside in my shorts. I didn't even care if it was cold or not. Grabbed my flashlight. <laughs> I and I just drove out into the open area, somewhere far where there's no lights. You know, it's it's uh, city lights we're so accustomed to, and uh, it kind of ruins uh, the natural feel of how night should be. 
uh, observe. So yeah, I like to be in my natural state. I got outside, uh, went to the parking lot and, uh, and just stared up, went on live. And uh, unfortunately, because it was the longest eclipse in history, uh, in the 15th centuries or whatever, um, it was long. It was a super long eclipse. And I never got to witness like at least uh, the majority of the action. But around 2 o'clock, I went back out and uh, you could kind of see the eclipse happening. Um, the moon was a little bit tinted red. And then at 4 o'clock, it peaked where the moon was completely uh, covered. So that was pretty awesome to see. Um, but yeah, no, space is uh, just so vast. There's so much yeah. you can talk about, especially with like the generation that we're living in. You have so many different companies, billionaires that are looking into exploring space there's this race that's going on with china right now as well um dubai has some sort of program in place just a lot of the countries are looking yeah i love i i've been i've been always like a space fanatic i always was yeah. i always was curious about space like i i i want to go to space personally right of course yeah, you yeah. want to as well you don't want but to i said of course you want to as well no but do you oh yeah you yeah, yeah, well. yeah yeah of yeah course. yeah yeah there's this oh, one man, thing. Oh man, tickets are tickets are cheap. We'll afford it. No worry. No, no, no. There's this hundred grand. There's this. There's this one thing I actually really like to see it happen for the world. So there's there's this concept mm. of a space elevator. Yeah, yeah. So you can enter. You can enter the space elevator. You can go up to space. This next step, you'll see space. Right. It's gonna be really. It's gonna be a really long process because they don't know. Because the the first time they have to try it is the first, it has to succeed the first time because yeah. they'll they'll have to have this tether that brings you down from Earth to space, and if the tether breaks, it's gonna ruin it's gonna along be alongside the Earth's uh, orbit, and then that's gonna ruin a lot of space missions because the tether might like in- interfere with that. Mm-hmm. So then. We might not go to space. I don't know if it's, a, if it's a feasible idea either, because think about it: if it's going to go all the way into space, there's so many orbits that are out there as well, satellites that it's going to probably disrupt. Yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be that fear of collision uh, when you're up that high, and uh, just in general, I don't know if a space elevator is going to be something that like who would be who would own it? Like America, I guess, because they have most of the billionaires or whatever. Well, um, like, what, what, what does NASA, SpaceX make? Does SpaceX make it? Does Blue SpaceX. Origin make it? Does Relativity make it? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Bezos was pretty cheesed when uh, NASA decided to go with SpaceX for one of their missions. Yeah. <laughs> he sued the entire thing. Man, that's this this entire space race that's going on, it's, it's, uh, it's the next big thing. And you can expect in this generation that we're living in, especially that it's going to be it's going to be accomplished. Definitely. So, okay. Um, so I, I saw I saw the movie Interstellar recently. It's a really great movie. Oh, wow, if yeah, you haven't yeah. seen it, like, I don't know what you're doing with your life. So you should go and watch <laughs> it. But but in the cellar, beg me the question, because in the beginning, you've seen you saw the movie, right? It's it said, oh, yeah. OK, we don't like the teachers were saying, oh, we don't need space exploration. We don't need engineers. We want more farmers because the Earth is inhabitable at this point. Yeah. So how do you think? What, so do you think space exploration I probably know your answer to this, but do you think space exploration is necessary when we have a lot of problems on Earth? So, okay, I was actually reading into this article um, about decarbonization. I'm actually going to write an article about why more more money should be spent on space exploration. Oh, awesome. So it's great that we're talking about it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, You'll give give a good preview of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you've probably done your research as well, and you have some sort of idea why space exploration is kind of necessary in this day and age. Uh, even with the way that the Earth is, climate change, you know, greenhouse gases, it's it's affecting our livelihood. Um, that's why there's so much, I guess, uh, push for electrification, decarbonization. And one of the biggest things or I think that they're focusing on uh, right now on Earth is uh, uh, is using clean energy sources, right? Which is solar hybrid, energy, hybrid yeah. cars, solar, even uranium. And uh, I think uranium is one of those things that, well, even currently right now, I think one in five American households are powered through uranium or nuclear yeah. energy, which is yeah. pretty clean energy yeah. source. But even then, those four out of five are 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 not uh, as clean as we want it to be. So there's always going to be that uh, that hindrance, you know, uh, and that struggle to really clean up Earth, uh, especially with the, the ozone layer already depleting. Now, that's why space exploration is essential, because if we don't start it now or if we don't get to space and find um, a habitable planet uh, for our next couple of generations, then we're going to come into that situation in interstellar where the requirements are, you know, you need to be a farmer just to stay alive and keep uh, the crops and everything steady. Um, but then at that point, you know, everybody else on earth is going to be kind of focused. You see all these movies with those scientific ideas and it's kind of crazy to think that those movies are becoming kind of reality right now. We're living that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just in my opinion. I feel like space exploration is definitely essential in this day and age. So for me, so I'm going to start off by just saying humans are curious, right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say, you know, I, I, there's this quote by Abraham Lincoln. It says, he says the best way to predict it, to predict, oh man, I can't speak. The best way to predict the future is to create it. And explains mm -hmm. how the future is just based on our actions and how curiosity is the key. So to, and it can lead right. to many different, like, there's a lot of emerging technologies nowadays, like blockchain, AI, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, regenerative medicine, even space, space exploration is one of them. So, but, but, but let's say, remember, have you ever seen Back to the Future? I have not. Okay, that's crazy. I know I haven't seen Back to the Future, unfortunately. Okay, I have to so, watch so in Back to the Future 2, they went to the future. And mm. it was the year 2015. It was year 2015, but at the end, that, that movie was made in the 80s. So this was their uh, picture of 2015. And 2015 was like this super technological world where there would be flying cars. They'd be like these hoverboards mm. and, and there'll be like these holograms everywhere. But when we look at actual 2015, it, that was like six years ago, right? I was, yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, I was like 12 or something. And you were, I don't know how, you, how old you were, but it, 2015 wasn't like that. No, but it was somewhat close. We had those uh, concepts definitely in place, right? Holograms was a huge thing around that time. Uh, somebody did a concert with, uh, with a hologram. Who was it? I can't remember. Travis Scott with the apology. <laughs> did he actually do it? Was that him? No, 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 it wasn't. I don't, I don't, oh, I don't know. Oh, I just know from this time. I'm talking about yeah, the apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that apology was pretty, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. What do you, what's your take on that? I don't know. It's not really uh, okay. So a lot of people have been canceling Travis Scott because eight people died from his, yeah, his yeah. Uh, concert. The thing is, I was never a huge Travis Scott fan to begin with, Like he does have good music, but I was not a huge fan of him to begin with. So I, I just have mixed feelings about that. What do you, what do you think? I know a lot of people that are like these Travis fanatics and they're not canceling. They're like, no, nah, he makes good music. <laughs> he 
To be honest, I had not followed this story at all. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big music guy, or I don't really go to concerts and stuff like that. Um, I just think it's just like you know, you can enjoy the music where you are, or if anything, there's it's an experience which I kind of understand. Um, but in general, yeah, the the entire situation where those unfortunate people people had died. Um, how did he even? How did he even like? Uh, what was the cause for it exactly? Didn't somebody say there was like uh, somebody like, drugging them during the concert? Or? Yeah, uh, I don't know what it actually was, but I think someone was drugging them. Yeah, so I mean, it's not exactly Travis Scott's fault, right? Obviously, yeah. he's the one organizing the concert. It's his. It's his platform to really sing and just be himself. Um, but it wasn't his. It wasn't. It wasn't his fault. Um, per se, uh, that those people had died. Obviously, just the circumstances, it's unfortunate, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, so I don't really, have, really have that much opinion yeah, on that. So, back on to my point. So, when, so the way I, the reason why I brought up Back to the Future is because it just shows <laughs> the curiosity of how humans think the future will be. So, when we look at, it, like, thousands of years ago, like, let's say in history, mm-hmm. like, once, like, if you were to ask what was next for humanity, there would probably be no clear answer. And then once civilizations came into place, that's when all these different ideas came because we've had many human innovators, advisors. So think of Alexander Graham Bell. Mm. Back for so long, people were wondering, okay, how can we communicate with others just based on sound waves and how, and can we do it with a wire or not? And in the 1800s, that's when the telephone was invented. Mm-hmm. And then Later on, telephones became cell phones, and then cell phones became smartphones. I have a smartphone. Rapid, rapid amount of time in exactly. a couple of years. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I've I've only had a cell phone for like a, a smartphone for like a couple of years, but now I'm thinking, how the hell did I survive without this? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I got my first phone back in high school as well, and those were. You know those really old Samsung phones, which had like yeah, keyboard and stuff the on keyboard it. And, well, and, and like BlackBerry that. was more common, but I got the Samsung. Um, and all I used it for was literally the calendar, uh, and that was it. I didn't even have a SIM card in it. That was all I used my cell phone for. <laughs> um, then you know iPhones came out, and it was just a crazy, crazy growth from there on out. You know, um, and it's similar to all technology. I think in the in the first 1900s, you could kind of say like. Um, space exploration or even like flight it's just uh, from there to what we have now in terms of technology has definitely had a exponential growth in those couple of years um and you're right curiosity is is definitely one of those things that uh, that pushes us forward to really discover more and, and find our true potential uh, or yeah i mean that's definitely something that we're all going to be trying to strive for right what we can achieve or what we can kind of see uh the future to be i don't know yeah so uh, yeah so uh, leading on to my point so one quote in the in interstellar was they didn't bring us here to change the past that that just was like they didn't bring us here to change the past and it showed and you remember that scene where he he went inside that black hole and then and then he was communicating the through books. his daughter from yeah the, yeah, the books mm-hmm. so then it just got me thinking like okay maybe if you went since we are so curious and then we all have this drive towards something it can definitely lead to great great results and then at the end of the movie cooper station became a thing and then they were able to live in this habitable like space station right 
Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking when space exploration is sort of is necessary because when we look at when we look at how curious we were and then how curious we can be and how it can lead to great things, it's definitely something to consider. Space exploration. Yeah. And I think circumstances also have a huge impact or into our decisions as well. If you think about it, the without without uh, if we were all there's no greenhouse effect or any sort of like you know um climate change or anything like that i don't think that conversation of space exploration would be as heavily invested in as it is now um but because we have we kind of have this global timeline uh or time clock you could say that's just counting down how many how many years we have left on earth to survive that's really pushing the exploration and uh, and the race to to find a new habitable uh, place for our uh, for our next generation. So curiosity mixed with um, Technology. unfortunate circumstances and situations definitely is is a drive for for this type of uh, um, endeavor. Okay, so in the beginning of this podcast, we started talking about the haunted house experiment, the haunted house experiment. Oh yeah. So <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that? That haunted house was, uh, I mean, I've been to, uh, I've been to a couple haunted houses, but that one was pretty, pretty interesting. It was more so like, uh, like a maze kind of where you're walking through, uh, through a house and, uh, <clears throat> there were some live actors as well that were playing their roles as zombies or, you know, just scary figures. I am going to admit it to everybody here that I am a pretty big scaredy cat and, uh, Horace and I were, you were in the back with me too. Okay. Don't lie. <laughs> we were, we were, we were you know much, that's cap yeah we were pretty much as scared that our you know that's cap i was not scared at all i was at the front i was oh, always yeah? at the front okay, how do so you not remember i'm pretty sure it was you and me in the it back. was not me it was not me okay i was jumping on somebody i thought it was you <laughs> but no that was that was a great experience i mean i, I love getting scared and watching scary stuff uh, i'm pretty adventurous in that sense i play this game called random nautica as well uh where you kind of just go yeah. out and explore we played that a couple of times i don't know if you play that but um i don't know gamer here not a, it's not it's not a gamer it's more of like a like an adventure app where oh, you kind of just okay. put in your coordinates and then oh, you, you think of something the app magically thinks of coordinates of whatever you're thinking and it takes you there so i've had some crazy experiences about that and i mean uh some of my friends can kind of share their uh their take on it when they're with me as well but uh um in general yeah that that haunted house is a great experience we should uh, we should definitely do it again it was a great experience but usher's lying when he said i was in the back with him no i was always leading the way but it was funny because we <laughs> yeah, had but you know what i think the leader is always uh leader kind of knows what's coming so he's he's always there to just i don't know i was there to I comfort you i'm like yeah back. it's fine it's fine come here come here come here <laughs> yeah and then in the back we get even more scared for some reason yeah there know. was one there was this one uh where uh we were up the stairs and then, then this real life actor was just staring at all of us and she was trying to open the door. And I had she was no idea if it was real or not. Yeah. No, no, no. I knew she was real. Cause I saw her walking down the, I saw her walking down the stairs. Cause I was at the front. So I saw her. So you were down the, the front. Stairs. Yeah. So I didn't see that part and she was just standing there. Right. And I just staring. thought it was like a fake like statue or some sort of like figurine. Um, but, but she then her the moment, she did like her, you know, jump scare at me. And I was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> there's uh, this okay. one guy he had he was he was like on a bed and he was holding a knife and then yeah you thought, i didn't yeah, know that was thought, either yeah but, and then he looked at you and then it was pretty funny yeah yeah 
Oh my god, it's I guess being in the back has its perks. You get more of the action and you're not sure of what uh what's real, what's not real, because then they all settle in when they're at the front when you're at the front, you kind of see the transition from when they scare the first group and then they're coming back to scare the next one. It was fun, no, because it was funny, right? In the beginning, like when we first started, I'm like, okay, I'll lead the way. And then I yeah, entered yeah. this like dark thing. I'm like, wait, why aren't there any lights? Like, how am I supposed to see where I'm going? And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, and then this like light, it, it is funny because I walked past something and then it scared the people that were behind me. Like, it, like you remember the light? Remember those lights? Yeah, with the laser lights, right? Yeah, those laser lights. Yeah. Like the, the random guy would just pop up and go, like something like that. <laughs> yeah. He, I walked past that and I had, I thought nothing of it. I'm like, man, who turned off the lights? And then, and then that turned on the lights for me, but it didn't scare me because it was, it was for oh the people behind God. me. And it was funny Lucky because. Guy. And it was funny because after after like a few rounds, we, we just said we said to the we said to the girls that are with us, like, oh yeah, you guys go in front of us. We're gonna be in the back. <laughs> we're gonna be in the back. And then we lost them for like a, a good like five minutes. I think we just slowed down them. a lot because we wanted them to just uh, experience yeah. it and not affect the way because yeah, they had the transition time, right? All the actors, whenever they scare the first crowd or, or like the crowd before us, then they have to come back and just uh, and then settle down into their original station. And then they yeah. scare the next people. So that's why you kind of want to keep it a good pace between the first people, first group and the second group. Uh, so that's why we kind of slowed down a bit. <laughs> yeah, the real life actors, like, I give my respects to them because if I were in that situation, I'd just laugh. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep a straight face. I'm sure, I'm sure because it's dark, they're probably laughing underneath their masks or, or most of them were wearing makeup only, but yeah. 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 I guess they probably have their own enjoyment. That, that was a really great experience. <laughs> just, I haven't really been to a haunted house ever in my life. So like that was like the oh, first yeah? time. Okay, well, we'll go to Casa Loma one next. That's a long, that's a really long one. And their uh haunted house, it's more of like a haunted castle because it's it's Casa Loma downtown. Mm. And it's uh and they decorate the crit like the heck out of it. It's so much fun. It's crazy. Yeah. Well we'll yeah. go to that one next. But uh no, whoever, I mean, whoever, whoever, whoever. Are, yeah, what are you yeah. saying? I'm just saying those actors, they put their life on the line because imagine somebody that's pretty aggressive or whatever, they see something like that, they jump scare, and they just punch them. I, I feel like there's probably been incidents like that for sure. Probably, probably. Yeah. There might be like incidents where the actors accidentally like touch the touch the person and it's like, oh, yeah. wow, you, you, like, they'll probably like not sue them. Well, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Uh, especially like... Uh, the haunted uh what do they call it at wonderland uh the haunted wonderland what no no they, at wonderland what do they do on october in october uh, for halloween, halloween never been that's what they call it. you've never been ever in, in in no in uh the fall oh in halloween okay okay yeah in halloween yeah they have this thing called halloween haunt where they have live actors as well i've never been myself but uh um like at night, they have live actors just roaming around the entire uh, playground. One time, uh, one time park. I did go to Canada's Wonderland. Right, it was a school field trip. Yeah, like yeah, a physics so... one. No, 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 not a physics one. It was just like a, a school field trip. Oh, okay. uh, well, it was a choir trip. I was a part of a choir in like grade seven. Oh yeah, I did one of those as well. Yeah. Yeah, but we had to, we had to go to Canada one. We had to go to Canada's Wonderland. So yeah, well, I was at this vending machine. I wanted a sprite. So then I put the money for a sprite, and yeah. then I'm not kidding. A lot of sprite just it it I, I only went for one sprite, but literally all of the sprites that were in the vending machine came out. Oh my god! So what yeah. did you do? I just picked up one by one, put it in a bag, and then I just kept it all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I I love sprite. I, are I, you I sure wish you're I not? Are you sure you didn't actually put in like a twenty or something? 
No, no, I've only put like one dollar, I think. And then like literally oh. all the sprites, all the sprites that were in the vending machine came out. And then at one point the vending machine got stuck because of the amount of sprites that came out. Oh my god. Like They're I didn't have like all of them. I only got like I only got like five and six or six. Because yeah, it, it I only got those out until the entire thing was just flooded with sprite. The vending machine guy's like, what the heck? Where did all the sprite go? I just put <laughs> it in this morning. And back in the day, one dollar for a sprite. I don't think that's uh possible at Wonderland, especially. It's probably like $2. no, no. It's a vending machine, right? So it could be. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I think it wasn't that long ago. It was only four years ago. Actually, well, a lot. Oh can yeah, yeah. Four years actually. <laughs> yeah, a lot can change in four years. Like the house house prices, right in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. No, inflation has been crazy, man. It's it's been pretty bad. If you think of gas prices, man, that's insane. Yeah, I remember when sometimes it was cheap, but cheap, I don't. I don't drive. What is that for gas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have Hashem to worry about. You don't even have to worry. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I well, I do the gas in general. So, like, wait, do you drive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. but like, I don't pay for gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lucky guy. Just wait. Just wait till you have to. <laughs> wait till I have Hopefully to. by then we'll be in space and don't need to drive anywhere. Just float around. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just float around and then we'll have to worry about uh instead of uh gas space gas we'll just do like the gravity so you have to fill up the gravity for your vehicle <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty sick i'd be down for that we have to do uh we have to do um uh skydiving because when when they go skydiving they actually have to do like a little maneuver at the top when they're uh, uh i think uh just about to do the drop they do like a little maneuver where you're kind of floating midair for a bit inside the plane. So that's like, you kind of feel like weightlessness. That's a pretty good experience. And skydiving in yeah. general, I want to experience that. Yeah. So, okay. So on the topic of uh, haunted houses, let's uh, go on the brighter side of things. Yeah. So this is going to be a kind of a religious thing, but I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you this one question. Sure. Which Islamic figure do you look as your kind of your role model, the one you look up to, apart from the obvious answer? Prophet Muhammad, yeah, apart from that, yeah, no, that's uh, obviously a lot of the Muslims we definitely say are Prophet Muhammad because his life was an exemplary, um, you know, he, he kind of created uh, entire syllabus or entire lifestyle for us to follow. Um, and I don't think there's any greater example of his life that we can, you know, kind of take into effect. Uh, but another, uh, I think, I would say Sahaba uh, or Sahabia that was essential in, in our current day and age, especially just the way Islam is right now, uh, would be Aisha Radiallahu She was a scholar. She was a teacher. She was also the mother of all Muslims. Like, mashallah, the way she has inspired a lot of the women in this day and age, and especially a lot of the men as well, um, to be, you know, uh, more open, uh, understanding, and uh, and the learnings that we can get from from her teachings as well, and the way that she followed the Prophet Muhammad is kind of essential to what we know uh, for ourselves. And a lot of the Hadith books are kind of all related to what she has kind of uh, taught all the other Sahabas as well during that time. So her contribution is very essential to, yeah. to Islam, right? And and uh, and her lifestyle and her example. Uh, not just as like the wife of the Prophet Muhammad, but also as like a teacher and uh, an educator, uh, is something that we should all look up to. And I think I look up to her the most as well in that sense, because she kind of uh, reminds me of, or at least 
my mom is somewhat similar in that sense where she's an educator she's also uh, a contributor in, in this society not just being you know uh, somebody in school and, and teaching and stuff like that but she's also there participating with the community making changes uh, going to different schools and hospitals and volunteering and I think that's something that's uh, that I really I really look up to her um, obviously she's my own mother but uh, some of the things that she does kind of reminds me of how I should really along and lived as well so yeah that's a really great you? answer. That's a really great answer. But for me, it's kind of an unpopular opinion. I don't know if you know the Sahaba, but his name is Abdul Rahman ibn Auf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the reason why he's my favorite, because his story is just very interesting. Mm-hmm. He, once he had, he had so much, he was one of the early converts of Islam because he, and he was very wealthy amongst one of the people. His name was, I believe, uh, his name was actually my name, like I had it. Uh, in, oh yeah, yeah. But then right. the, the prophet changed it to a uh, 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 Abdul Rahman ibn Auf. So, mm-hmm. so he had a lot of wealth, and then once when the Muslims had to migrate from Mecca to Medina, they said to him, "Don't bring your wealth along because that can ruin our economy." That and that's how much wealth he had. His wealth was so mm-hmm. much that it can ruin their economy. So he said, "Okay, fine. I'll I'll start from zero. So he goes to he goes to Medina, and then. You know how in that, not in the rule, but the Prophet did advise some of the Mecca Sahabas to be, to live with like the Medina Sahabas. So like mm. that grouping, so like one Mecca so that they can adjust to living in Medina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then he had one guy and then he said, okay, I have two wives. I'll marry one of them to you or you can marry mm. one of them. Uh, there's, I have a business. You can get half of my earnings and then I can get half of mine. But then he just said, no, I don't want any of that. Just show me where the marketplace is. And that's where I'll start. And then literally like not long after that, he had so much wealth. And then he had like makeup on his face. The Prophet saw that he went to him and was like, are you getting married? And he said, yeah, I'm getting married. And then he says, oh, you should have a walima with the amount of money you have. Wow. And then and, and he always made money with, he always spent his money and used his money for a great cause. He never... Mm-hmm. had he never uses money just to show because he what he didn't really care how much money he had because we saw in mecca he had enough money that it changed the economy changed in mecca. Money, yeah. but he said like no i don't want that i want to just do something for my own good that's mm-hmm. something i just want to see that's just something i admire because with the, the amount of money you had like i don't know if i would have done that yeah no that's crazy if you had that much money just to let it go for for nothing um, for, and then you start from yeah, zero and then you become a, a rich, rich again i guess you kind of have that uh you have the confidence right as especially if you're yeah. that wealthy you kind of uh you've built that brand and other people are going to look up to you in that sense and and you're going to yeah, have that's why that's why for me right like i've always i like that's why like i i'm going to transition over to like how to have a great mindset so because mm-hmm. uh, when you when you let's say you have like six millionaires right and you lock them in a closet yeah. The chances mm-hmm. for them to like, there's a chance they can get that million again, and it's because of, they oh, yeah. know the tools and the skills to build their infrastructure to get the million dollars again. So right, right. So what do They've you think gone is like through a great the success and failures? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Especially what do you think when you're at that stage in that? I think, well, definitely a great mindset. There's a question that's always asked, like if you were, um, like, how big would you be able to dream if you knew you couldn't fail? I think that's something that I, I, I think I heard that somewhere online as well. 
but I think the biggest thing is that's uh, objectively stopping us is ourselves. If you don't have that drive or that passion or you don't have that uh, creativity, like you mentioned, to continue growth and self-development, that's going to stop your own you know, um, drive to actually be successful. So in that sense, what is a great mindset to have is to be a warrior. Just always be ready to uh, um, tackle any sort of situation, no matter what you have. And uh, I think there's a saying from uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to from Joe Rogan and uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, the professor at UFT. He said, uh, or Jordan, Joe Rogan said that, uh, you know, be a warrior in a garden rather than a gardener in a warrior, uh, in a war. So if you think about it, that's kind of like the competitive nature of us human beings. Uh, if you kind of sideline that away and you're just a person that's sitting in the backseat, you don't really care about anything. Um, you let things flow as it comes, or you believe in that, you know, fate. Well, fate obviously is a is part of our belief as well that you know everything is kind of predestined. But if you don't have that drive to go for it yourself, or you don't believe in your own abilities and uh, your confidence, then um, that comp competitiveness is just become a, become passive, and you're not going to really go anywhere in life. And as a mindset to have in this day and age, I think it's important to really be competitive, be a warrior, be a little bit, you know, aggressive in your approach in life. Um, but you don't want to take it to that, you know, that uh, level where it becomes like a fine line between your competitiveness kind of breeds into a little bit of um, envy or jealousy or something like that, where you start, you know, competing or just comparing yourself to other people. You want to have that mindset that, you know what, you're just comparing yourself and that's just, I'm going to be trying to continuously improve and, uh, and uh, become better. Um, and one way, a couple ways to do that is definitely always be in that mindset of learning. You never want to stop learning. You always want to continuously be curious. Like you mentioned in the beginning of our podcast, that curiosity is, is how you kind of develop, right? Without learning and without being curious, how are you really going to, how are you gonna, really going to pursue? You read my, you, you read my newsletter, feel. right? You just, I yeah, said yeah, yeah. curiosity is like who I, I define myself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely the most important thing. I think when you have that pursuit of it's on my uh it's funny because it's on my uh instagram profile as well pursuit of wonder is what i write um yeah. you're always pursuing something that's that's out there that's something that you don't really uh that you don't know about and you're just learning about it that's that's all i really care about in my life as well where if there's something i don't know i want to know about it because it's it's new it's something interesting it's just curiosity like you mentioned um and to learn from other people is i think one of the best ways because other people, um, like you mentioned, those group of six people that are millionaires, and if they had nothing, they had to start again. How else are you going to learn within those group of people if you don't network? You kind of learn their failures, you learn their successes, and you kind of apply that into your own life, right? Um, I agree. Networking that kind of is leads, really important. Yeah. I think that kind of also leads a little bit into, uh, with a mindset like that, you kind of also need to have a little bit of contentment or be content with the things that you already have and not feel like what I, what I want to achieve in the future is, you know, that's just your goal. You want to be, you want to be a little bit satisfied uh, and happy with the things you have. Be grateful essentially. Cause otherwise you're just going to continue striving. You're just going to, well, striving is not a bad thing, but you're just going to continue like struggling and feel like you don't have enough. You don't have enough and you need to continue getting more and more. Being satisfied with what you have is definitely a part of our own faith as well. Um, and not to, uh, not to feel that, you know, um yeah i think that's pretty much it 
so the you know how I'm, I'm a part of the knowledge society right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things they have taught me are i'll just say three things okay all right four four so curiosity was definitely one of them appreciation mm-hmm. boss mentality and and uh, how networking is really important so oh, yeah so with that the mindset yeah. yeah so with the mindset it just shows you have the desire the passion the optimism is short is saying that how to always stay positive and just always think that you you can only you're the only one that can make change for yourself you're the one to create things and you have the mm-hmm. tools to do it and that leads yeah. to boss mentality which does not think which does not mean like be arrogant or be selfish and everything it just means mm-hmm. you're always there to learn you're never you're never there to always to teach you're you're there to teach others too but you're always there to learn like even when you're teaching others it's a learning experience of your own yeah as a leader you don't want to be somebody that's just pointing fingers and telling others to do something you want to also learn from their you know um mm. what they're experiencing and when you learn about other people you're able to kind of apply yourself in those situations uh, kind of like perseverance right yeah we're able to understand what they're going through and then find a better strategy to help them out to become successful and with and, and boss, with appreciation yeah and with appreciation it's always thinking okay you're alive you're more you're more not successful you're more you're in a better state than most of the world you have mm-hmm. a bright future and you're alive so just make the best out of it yeah definitely yeah. like gratefulness that i was talking about as well like you don't feel that competitive you know that drive that you have shouldn't affect your contentment and your satisfaction in life because whatever you have right now is definitely more than what like you mentioned what other people and, have and, and you should always be grateful for that and with the networking right it really mm-hmm. depends on your own character you have to be very likable so that people can understand saying I, I i would want to work with this guy in the future or like, mm-hmm. i would want to work with i would want this guy on my team like it's more when you have the likability your networking will become a lot easier because a lot of people want to reach out to you rather than the opposite and yeah. there could be many opportunities sitting there likability, i think also combined with knowledge as well because if you're if you're a likable person that's great people will definitely like you but you won't be respected in unless you have the knowledge unless you have knowledge so you definitely need to combine knowledge understanding um and communication is essential as well especially if you want to grow uh if you're not able to communicate your thoughts uh and your and your plan of action your scope of work or whatever if you're not able to communicate and relay that information uh no matter how likable you are on the team uh you won't be respected enough for those decisions to really make a difference i think skill and knowledge is a need but it's not mm-hmm. like the best it's not the number one i feel the mindset is the number one thing that mm-hmm. that continues the drive yeah yeah definitely and with mindset, the drive you'll mm-hmm. have the knowledge with drive you'll get more knowledge than as much as you want yeah yeah 100% it's yeah. the drive is pretty much the uh um the key thing that pushes everybody forward to to get learn more to do more um and grow more yeah, yeah. it's funny because i actually had a talk like this like a few days ago i was speaking to a bunch of people about this. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I one thing I kind of uh, recall when I was working in Vancouver at Ledcor, uh my boss actually mentioned something to me. He was like uh don't ever get comfortable in your current situation. Um he said something like that. The moment you become comfortable is the moment you stop growing. And I, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuck with me throughout my life because 
I've noticed when you become comfortable, you kind of lay back, you know, you relax a little bit. You feel like, okay, I've kind of made it, you know, but that's exactly the moment that you should be scared of. Because if you, st if you become comfortable in your life, you're going to have that feeling that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just relax. I'm going to take it backseat and, uh, and just enjoy whatever I have now. But then at that point, you kind of, your drive is gone. Your potential to really, yeah, true. really want to be is, is pretty much just gone. So always strive for more always be looking for the next big thing um and just uh, just continue to um be 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 happy with uncomfortable situations put yourself out there um get yourself in situations where not like obviously you don't want to put yourself in 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 harmful situations but definitely where you are challenging yourself um and that's a that's definitely a mindset that i kind of continue to live by day by day okay that's great that's really great and uh we, we're kind of having we've been at this for, for a very long time i would like to oh, yeah, know, unless you want to yeah <laughs> unless you unless you want to talk about think more things but let's let's wrap and give this a wrap oh you're thirsty you have water like right here yo, yo send it over again we, <laughs> we need to get this uh teleportation thing going too like <laughs> i just throw it at the camera and then <laughs> you catch it. It's like, right in my hand. Inshallah, one day we'll get to that. Or if not, if All not right. here, then world, then in general. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up. And if you really like this uh, episode, may make sure you give it a like or share it. Who knows? And uh, Usher and I will probably try to promote this too. But who knows? Uh, as well. Yeah. As no. Definitely. I think one thing I do want to say is shout out to uh, Hardis. Like my man, this guy has impressed me continuously. Uh, ever since I Thank met him you. the first day, um, it's he's mashallah has been uh, a great uh, a great friend nonetheless, and he's also been uh, an inspiration not just to myself but I know a lot of the people that I talk to as well. And I tell them, hey, this is a high school kid that's you know doing podcasts, he's running articles, he's part of so many big amazing groups. Um, I just uh, I love you, man, and uh, continue keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I'm proud it's like father, like son. You know, you're my father, so I'm your son. It's like, it's like father, <laughs> like son. Don't worry. You got to give encouragement. I know you. One thing that I've also learned is recognize recognition is due to people that uh, that are actually you know making a difference. And I feel like you're one of those people, if not to uh, if not in a big scale yet, but definitely uh, you you'll be one of those people in the future. Inshallah. Thank you. And he yeah. Usher will also be along with the ride too. He will be a great mentor i'll be the supporter many, he'll be he'll be a great mentor for many others if you don't if you if you want advice get go to usher yeah like his ig i'll, I'll put in the comment i don't know i'll put in the description who knows but um <laughs> or he can say his ig right now usher was it usher underscore usher too <laughs> yeah you got it right damn i honestly i forgot what mine was too <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I message this guy a lot so it's like the first thing i see all the time <laughs> yeah yeah that's true. but okay yeah since we are about to give this a wrap and uh, mm -hmm. Usher, thank you for being on the All Facts podcast. Uh, do you have anything to thank say you. before we? Honor is mine. Uh, no, I'm just humbled that you had given me an opportunity to uh, to talk and discuss things with you. It was just like a regular conversation that we have on a regular basis, and uh, um, and I enjoyed my time talking to you. And uh, we'll definitely have a lot more uh, in the future. Uh, everybody, subscribe to uh, if everyone channel. if everyone if everyone wants Usher as a guest again, make sure you probably give. Uh, I don't know if you are watching on YouTube, give <laughs> likes. Or if you're watching on Spotify, send a message. Send a message on Anchor so I can understand. Or if you also want to send a message on Anchor, send a message on what you want me specifically to talk about for mm. the podcast. So, 
This is the All Facts Podcast. I'm Horace Ricard, and we're out. Peace. Peace.